Yes, sir. Hello there. Welcome to the Naked Vocalist. That's the weirdest start. To you, a you there. <laughs> hey, you. Hey, you there. You listening? Man, listen to this. Mr. Mark Hill, formerly of the Artful Dodger, now called Artful. Check it out. It's called Trouble. It features Claire Dove. Mark has got this incredible ability to just make really cool music um, and chop vocals up into such like strangely melodic, awesome cuts. Um, he's a very talented guy. Uh, we often run into him in Southampton, mm. don't we? Because he's a he's a local. Around that area. He's classically trained as well, which is, you wouldn't think. Would no, you? he was in, wasn't he in like, not a marching band, but um, like that's a, that's right, like yeah. a youth, yeah. youth orchestra yeah. as a percussionist? That's right. But he's an awesome guitarist as yeah. well. And for me, it's more actually about all that kind of music that makes me think about being on a, oh, stood on a table in Bora Bora Bar in Ibiza. <laughs> With a, with a corona which, in hand. Which is actually a true story. <laughs> <laughs> Takes me back. I need to relive the past. It's true, and it does it does reflect the weather and the mood, actually, in England at the moment. Yeah, so stick it on loud. And, and um, get out tear off all your clothes and get on the table. Whoa. Okay. Next. Anyway, that's really cool, yeah. So, uh, Mark Hill, sorry, Artful, featuring Claire Dove, Trouble. That is the two-step mix, by the way. The one we prefer. Don't get me wrong, the radio edit is cool, but the two-step mix is like old school There are four Mark or five, four or five um, mixes on there, aren't there? There are. Yeah. Dubstep, instrumental, in case you want to do a bit of karaoke. Whatever in case you, you want to go... Yeah, anyway. one, for, one, for, one for every vibe. And please send in a video of you doing that. <laughs> because I, I need to see someone be able to pull that off, really. <laughs> Do you think they could? Definitely. All right. Um, so, welcome. We've got, a, we've got a Q&A today in between all of the wonderful guests that we've had. So, we've got a bunch of questions around um, s- people starting out singing, wanting to get involved in open mic. Also, about what happens to ageing voices and ageing vocal cords. Um, and also we have questions regarding voices getting tired out, being used for speaking. So that is the gist for today. But what's, the, what's the news though first? We better, better get into that. Well, the news is, um, well, firstly, I've got a new laptop. I wondered if everyone really. was pretty excited about that. I'll put a picture of it on the blog in case anybody wants to check Don't it out. Don't think they do, but carry on. But it's great, so I'm reading from that currently. But I'll be honest with you, I mean... It's better than yours. Whoa. Is that, was that what you were going to say? I don't think... It, I didn't want to... It's not competition, mate, is it? All right. just looks... It's nice. It's healthy. It looks it nice. Healthy. It's bright. Excitement, isn't it? Retina so. display is right, nice. Mate. Okay. Thank Get you. Okay, it. let's Move talk on. about uh, the first workshop. Um, so there is... There is... If you want to support a good cause, uh, there is a workshop on June the 22nd. It's in Kettering in North Hampshire. And, uh, sorry, yeah, North Hampshire? 
What am I saying? <laughs> Northamptonshire right. is where I mean, uh, Kettering. Um, and it's it's a fundraising workshop for an organisation called Vox Op, which is a group that supports singers, um, f- like financially and emotionally, who might have to go through some kind of vocal surgery. Awesome. Which is really cool. And it's put together by three people who have experience in that particular area. And the workshop is being run by Debbie at voiceworkshop.co.uk. Um, and it's with Declan Costello, who is at voicedoctor.co.uk, and he's an ENT surgeon. Um, and also Sophie Garner, who is founder of VoxOp and professional singer. And they are talking, Sophie's talking about the perils of acid reflux uh, in, the, in the AM. And Declan is doing uh, identifying voice disorders in the afternoon with live scoping of vocal cords. Um, and I have been to one of his workshops before, and he did scope me. Which was pretty awesome. Brilliant. So you get to see what happens when you sing. It's really interesting. Um, and uh, <laughs> amusingly, when I went, I mean, I, I offered myself up, but the two people before me had particular... I don't want to put anyone off being scoped, right? No. But the person before me had to lay down on the floor for a little while as having something stuck up their nose made them feel quite odd. I'm sure, yeah. Um, so they started to feel a bit dizzy. They led mm. on the floor. That was quite funny. Um, and then the, the other guy, he actually, um, his gag reflex yep. got a bit, <laughs> bit overactive. And when, when, the, when Declan was asking him to sing, he was starting to sing and then just going... <laughs> <laughs> and he just, he just, he just sort of panically, he's got this thing in his nose. In a panic, he was just saying, "Yeah, can we get this out of my nose?" Because really? <laughs> no, it was too good. And then I, you know, after seeing one person flake out and another person nearly puke three times, I put my hand in there and go, "I'll do it." Yeah, you just got to deal with them. I remember my my eyes. It was just my eyes watering like heavily when I had mine done. <laughs> Streaming, Streaming yeah. Just looking like a mess. <laughs> um, but that's just it. I think there'd be tons of singers out there. I mean, actually, there may be some people who listen to this section just going, mm, move on, because they may not have any problems. But honestly, like, if, if you feel that you have, like, I, I know well, a lot well, of you're people... you're a voice coach as well. Yeah, and I, but I just feel that a lot of people in the part, I know a lot of people that have, and I'm sure you have, that have ignored it and just hope that it goes away. And you say about the psychological problems, that's why I think this this is brilliant because they um it's something that just need to be deal, dealt with, isn't it? Absolutely. And and often it's not and people just ignore it. And, and as soon as you do deal with it, there's so many ways that things can be sorted out. But it's just about um admitting it first. Yeah. And and if you speak to singers ever that have to go through an operation for nodules or something, they are scared. Mm, because sure. it's not a hundred percent successful. Mm. And, um, and and it can be a bit like, oh, my God. And also, you know, they're supported by the Musicians Benevolent Fund. So, you know, um, uh, they also recognise that if you're a singer and you have to go in for an operation on your vocal cords, you're not going to earn any money. You could be screwed. Right. And so they're, they're, they support you in that way as well. They can provide support. So, so that is £75. It's all day. You get lunch, coffee, two workshops all day. Um, and it's between 10.30 and 4.30. Email debbie at voiceworkshop.co.uk for that one. Let her know you heard um, about it through us, if that's cool. Nice. Also, well, do you want to kick us off a little bit about the, the Vocalise You Summer Artist Intensive? Well, it's happening. That's for sure. 18th to the 27th of July. 
I'm not really sure what else to say apart from the fact that it's going to be awesome based on our experience at the winter retreat. Mm-hmm. We, we've got uh, we've got some we've got some video stuff coming out over the next few weeks on that just to give people an insight of what it's like to be there. But it's just so good. It's so good for any artist, and I think the Arts Intensive itself is actually um, a lot more focused on development in making it as a as a um, artist. Right from the right from the bottom, bottom Absolutely. up, right? Yeah, there's um, a, there's a big teacher strand. You know, if you're a teacher, there's so much to learn as a teacher from uh, leading voice researchers. Um, there's also a, a, a strand for minors. So if you are under 16 and in the US or even from the UK, then there's um, there's plenty of material and workshops that go along a strand for those type of singers. And then you get your more adult singers, you know, 16 plus. Um, who go in for all those workshops, songwriting mentorships, songwriting workshops, performance coaching, daily voice lessons, um, all your food, accommodation. You're in, you're in a high school in L.A. Yeah. It's like being in a television program. Uh, it'd be brutally warm, so if you want to sunbathe, I, I bet you you would get a tan. Yeah. Or a slash burn. Which is what you want. Yep. Um, but, it, you know, all of that said, and it, it could just be one thing that would change your entire direction in life from this from this event. It really is as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah. Somebody that you may meet or some advice that you're given, it would just change. It, absolute life changer if you can make it. Appreciate that the guys in the US will find it slightly easier than the guys in the UK to make it over there. But um, Yeah, it's worth the trip. I mean, we've, we've been... We, are likely to go again maybe this summer Mm. Um, the price tag is 3,000 bucks which is considerable that works out about 1,800 quid but that's 10 days accommodation fed continual education performances everything so it's not really that crazy is it when you look at what you do do you know what I'd say as well is that it's going to come around again next year if you can't make it this in, in two months' time, which let's face it, let's scramble together three three grand in uh, including flight. Let's, let's scramble together three grand in two months. Can, Can we? You, that phone call, <laughs> yeah. D- D- Dad. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, I, was gonna, I was just gonna say, you know that is Mum there? Because <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, she's normally the soft one, isn't she? She will let it go. Yeah, she's, she's the soft one. Any one of them. So, but uh, the thing is, I've said it to a few students at the moment. You've got a year to the next one. You know, do five paper rounds. <laughs> Such stereotyping <laughs> children. Some of these people might be 18 years old. <laughs> You're right. And what I mean is, yeah. start planning now. There's no re- there's, Honestly, there's no way, and maybe it's speaking out of turn, I don't know, but there's no way that um, you cannot have, within 14 months, if you really want it, to save that amount of money. Yeah, or if, in two months, beg. Beg hard, beg or save. Up to you. Yeah, choice is yours. <laughs> but it, but it is. It's it's a it's a it's a fair price tag, and you got a flight. But it is life changing, seriously. Um, and it's a small investment. You might spend that on a great guitar if you're a guitarist, right? Mm. You spend that on a rig. If so the moral a... of the story is: don't become a guitarist, be a singer, and go to LA. Get more girls anyway, don't you? Yeah, that's what we're true. So, Um, anyway, so you can email us if you want details of the Vocalize You Artist Intensive. You can email us, um, or you can go to vocalizeyou.com. Cool. Check it out. Should we? uh, Should we get into the questions? Absolutely, Okay, so uh, I'm going to kick off. Yeah, go on and go for it. (laughs) I'm a 45. 
I'm 45. I'm a 45. It does say that, though. It does. You're just reading it. You're like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> if anybody... Put anything on there. Yeah, put anything on the teleprompter, he will read it. <laughs> I'm a 45 wanting to try to sing. Never have been a singer, and I've been told that I'm not a good singer for years. I only want to be able to hold a tune, to play open mic nights, and not to look a fool. Any advice? And that's from Earl Newitt. Right, Earl, thanks so much for that question. First of all, who told you that you're not good, right? Don't listen to them. Good for Yeah, people can get very subjective about what they say about other singers. And just, just from being in, in the room when other singers have been singing, like maybe an actual paid performer, a few off notes here and there, somebody has literally stood there and gone, this, they are shit. The trash in that song. Yeah, or... and you're like, it's, it's minor. Hello, it's just a little bit... You missed a note here and there, but people really like to get a bit too involved in providing critique. Yep. So, so let's, let's not talk about those for the moment. And, um, you know, can't deny it, actually, and I know, I know you're going to talk about this a bit more in a minute, but, you know, voice training has, obviously, its place in this situation because a, a voice needs flexibility. It needs to be fully functioning just so that when you do open your mouth and you want the notes you want, they're going to be there in some way, shape or form. And voice training is what, what gets you that technique. Um, but, you know, for, for someone who hasn't sang much, the thing that jumps out at me is, is, is the emotional connection, the stylistic attributes of that singer. And uh, people that sing a lot and listen to a lot of music get a bit obsessive about it. They end up singing all the time in the toilet, emulating singers that they enjoy. And, you know, sometimes that emulation is, like, knowingly, and sometimes it's unknowingly. And the more music you listen to and the more you sing, the more you actually begin to carve out this unique sound that is the culmination of almost everything that you've heard in your lifetime, musically. Sure. Everything that you've sung, sometimes you've sang a Christina Aguilera song and actually wanted to sound like her. And there'll be bits of that that may stay with you forever. And then you listen to someone else when you're 15, you obsess, like I obsessed about Craig David. I listened to one of my demos from back then and it's mm. like, okay. I remember. I yeah. sound like Craig David. Yeah. We should put that on there one time. It's, it's that was a plank, plank, you. That That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> so uh, it, it's really, really, really embarrassing. But, um, I'm sure Craig David still forms a part of my voice now, in yeah, some sure. way in there somehow. So, you, I mean, are you talking <laughs> more, are you like, tone, obviously tone and things like that, but also musicality and... Yes, yes, so you might, you might copy someone's scats, you might enjoy the melodies that they use. The rhythms and... Rhythms, and yeah. sometimes you just end up doing it because you've heard it so many times, you just, you do it without knowing, and that is the, that, that is the product of influence and stylistic influence. And you only really get that from listening to a hell of a lot of music and singing a hell of a, hell of a lot of it back, you know? So Earl might be, might be a bit late in that process, um, which, which leaves him with maybe a sound that might not be very connecting to the audience. It might be a bit emotionally or stylistically flat. Yeah, so people are... are it's what people perceive it as. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and you, you... Yeah, they perceive it in, in a way that, well, just doesn't speak to them all. Sure. Then they, then they tune out. Yep. And that's when those people who like to get a little bit excited about um, 
about providing critique mm. could instead go, oh, this person probably just hasn't listened to enough music. They just say, yeah. they're shit. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's probably what really, really irritates me um, the most about about that whole process. But but also, yeah, the, the one thing that Earl will have um, is, you know, someone's sound and someone's style is, is a lot to do with the music they listen to, but also personal experience life experience, mm. their own emotional um, slants, especially if they write music, um, <clears throat> and also culture. All those things that actually really affect the tone of your voice when you get older. Mm. Personality traits, insecurities, mm. they all contribute to your sound. Absolutely. So uh, so if we, if you can, Earl, like maybe decide on, on a sound that you really like and, and with a voice coach decide on what, something that suits you, your look, your experience. Um, and then you can start delving into some homework about, you know, listening to the right people, maybe emulating parts of what they do, and then arriving at a sound that actually has some, some stylistic content. And some relevance and, to him. Yes, some relevance. Yeah, it can't be... He can't... Earl's 45. I'm guessing he can't pull off Craig David. Bieber. Bieber, yeah. So, uh, so that's, I, think, I think that might be... <clears throat> putting technique aside, someone could have... Almost no range, but speak to their listeners in such a way because they are stylistically relevant. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, maybe that maybe that could be part of the process. But as we said, voice training is part of it. I mean, I know you yeah. want to talk about that. Well, I think it is. And again, we, do, we walk into the balance of style over technique, don't we? Yeah. Or every time, every situation, it's, it's where, where does the line fall? And with this one, there's not I don't think there's any doubt in that technical ability is needed, or at least an understanding of technical ability, for a few reasons, really, in that, of course, everything you spoke about there in terms of what what the person has taken on throughout their life will affect their overall sound, but being able to use the instrument, being able to instruct the instrument to work in the way they want it to work, to do the things, and, and to produce... Uh, these things naturally that have accumulated over the time um, go hand in hand. And equally as well, I think the understanding of working the voice will add to confidence. That will add to more of an ability to express and express the things that they've used, that they've built up over time. So it's always, it's always hand in hand. But in terms of technical stuff, I think for, for Earl here, I mean, it's obvious. Some, possibly some skills might work. Possibly some analysis of song and how to work through certain sections of song, songs, obviously. But working with a coach that really that, that Earl can create a great relationship with is the most important thing here. I think mm. it, it could work by just employing somebody to say, "Teach me how to sing. Can I become a better singer? Tell me what I need. Give me the tools." But and that may work. But more than that. The relationship is important here because uh, it seems like Earl's had a history of negative feedback yeah. on his voice. People, and which might lead him with a lack of direction too. Everything, yeah, and and so having somebody there that can he can be completely honest with both ways. And Earl can walk into a session and go, "Look, I don't want you to mess around with me. Look, I've 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 been hit enough mm-hmm. <laughs> in my life. It doesn't matter if you tell me that things aren't good." tell me they're not good, but also tell me how to fix it. And then equally, tell me when I'm bloody amazing. Because, um, and when you get that relationship, that that's really going to help 
um, nurture this 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 journey um, that he can embark on now. I think, which to, to culminate in the open mic night. Yes, yeah. so, so I get it is important for a teacher to to say um, or to not to say because it's not really the teacher's job to say, but to maybe provide some some guidance as to. Is is that? Are you ready for that yet? Mm. Should mm. you be doing that yet? You know, we're close, but let's let's just let's back off and yeah, and wait until um, we're perfect and confident and consistent and work on the things that need to be worked on to get there. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so Earl as well, you know, being forty five and and um, maybe not exercising the voice much. You know, there might be registers in the voice that are a little stagnant. Do you think? Mm. Yeah, and, that, and let's face it, that's, age will contribute to that. But everyone's got something. You're not old, Earl. Yeah, <laughs> spring chicken, forty-five. In there. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So that, I think that's, that summarises it. And if you think about it, I mean, I've always said that. Probably like most things in life, we're singing. I've always said there's kind of three main things or factors we, we we have when it comes to I want to be good at singing. And the first one is um, what you start with, and that's based on genetics and, as you mentioned earlier on, what you've adapted to over the over the time whether that's influences or whether that's just working stuff out on your own if you whenever you start singing if, if you get to 20 years old and you go i want to start singing now you kind of can't change that first bit <laughs> you can't change what, your genetics what's happened before yeah yeah <laughs> so then you've got two other things to deal with which is in terms of te- technical stuff anyway the guidance that you choose and the time you invest in the time and passion that you invest into doing that mm-hmm. those two things Really, that that's they're the two things you've got to play with, and and it, it seems obvious, but the guidance you choose is a big one, and that's what I'm saying about this relationship with the coach. Is like, don't you choose anybody? You've got the power to choose somebody that is going to make you that person or give you the give you the mm-hmm. ability to do that, or several and, people even. Yeah, it, several it, coaches who might you know not not every coach fulfills the stylistic and the technical, right? You know, and and, and don't be afraid to like. Be honest with the coach too, and be like, you know, "I'm dipping into this person for that, and I'm dipping into this person yeah. for that." Because, yeah, you might find just a change of scenery occasionally um, shakes that whole process up. And you start moving forward again. Absolutely, yeah, wicked, cool. So I hope that helps out, Earl. That's um, <clears throat> that's a great question. Uh, the next one is from Eileen, and uh, yeah, this is this is. More anatomy based, yeah. Eileen says, "What happens to the vocal cords as we age? Uh, do aging cords need more or less exercise? Should we refrain from pushing the voice? Um, also, why do I find it more difficult accessing my head voice or upper voice um, more than I did when I was young?" So, what, what you got to say about that? <clears throat> it's a it's a, it's a big question. But if we analyse what happens to any muscle in the body when, as we age, things things break down, um, and there's a lot of changes, a, a lot of changes in the body as, as we know as we get older. But and that that works the voice as well. And this um, this physiological process, these changes within the voice, they will have an effect on the sound and how things feel. And it's about adapting to that <laughs> as, as we go on. It's about accepting it and adapting to it. I think is the main point here. You know, um, there's a few things that happen. The mucosal layer will, will change. The coverage changes and often gets thicker. So you get more depth in the tone. People feel like they can sing deeper and mm-hmm. lower, in fact. And it, it, I'm not sure myself, but is, is, that just from, is that from age or just because that singer would have a certain number of years of voice use behind them? 
Both, I would say. But there's been studies on this increase in mucosa. With age only? With age, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's going to add, within the, within the larynx, that's going to add to the to the mass. Of the vocal cords. Yeah. yeah. And so things will... And that actually adds to, to Eileen's question about the head voice. <laughs> Think about it. You know, head voice, we're looking at something that's going to thin out, maybe get a bit tighter... Um, the, the tension will increase, but as the muscles have weakened and they've got thicker, head voice is probably going to be one of the first things that goes. Exactly the same as if we have a cold. I know that, you know, from experience, that's one of the first things that goes for me. If somebody says they've got a cold, it's like let's see if we can get in head voice first, and it's normally it's normally out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's normally because the inflammation it leaves you unable to thin the vocal cords out that much. Exactly to get the right high pitch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and 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 just to go into that again, just because I, I just find it, and it might help anybody that has a cold. You know that thing where you go on stage and it really feels like the only way to create the noise in the upper register is to yell it. Mm. And normally that is the only way, isn't it? Because um, I hate to say it, but you cannot change, you cannot change the, the physical change. And if things are thick, there's only one way to create that pitch. Yeah, and it's to is tension in air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However much we try and we try and get around it, you know, which is why we often say if you can get away, we're not doing it. Don't do it. But with age, if things have increased, things have um, things have got a little bit thicker. I mean, I've got I've got a student at the moment who who is going through this, and and she's actually loving the fact that she's got a lot more depth to her voice. And I think, as I say, it's about accepting that change, that physical change, and the fact that you're able to use your voice in a different way. Of course, we got to address bridging and all the things we would normally, probably in a different way than we used to. Bridging will be different. It'd be a new experience and, and we're going to be creating different sounds. But that's a new journey in itself. But having this bottom end that we can use and, and add depth to things is, is really cool. So a lot of changes going on, accepting the physical change. Um, have you got anything to add to that at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, um, looking into looking into some singers actually that that train their voices obsessively, and as a result, have a healthy voice up until the later years. You know, like Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson, they were two prime examples of people that spent you know every day. Michael Jackson three times a day, right, stretching out their voice accessing the registers they have con- continuously um, with voice training and hence they sang the utmost of difficult material you know and with crazy schedules and they could still manage it you so, know yeah so what was the trend the tr- yeah the trend is the voice training yep, exactly. you know yeah. and there is definitely a trend with people that don't train their voice and have to give up in their 30s which is definitely too young for this process you mm. know some some people if things are going downhill at that point in time that's more technical problems that's more the, vo- the vocal cords are just given out but but um if you can keep your voice healthy and train in the right way um, then you will prolong your technique, you'll prolong the state of your vocal cords, the state of the mucosa, the hardening of that layer. Um, and, you know, Stevie Wonder, I remember we went to see him when he was 60, didn't we? Yep. At the Insane. O2. Mental, still literally kicking ass at the age of 60 playing piano. And he played for like two and a half hours. He had a massive tour. So so that was, um, that's, that's the... the 
the trend of voice training. But also, there is some research. I read it a little while ago. I tried to look for it, but it was pretty difficult. But um, much like any sort of active person uh, who might exercise, if you if you don't use a muscle that much, it can degrade and atrophy, which is, yeah, just yeah, kind of waste, waste away, um, which obviously causes a problem with its use and its contraction and all those things. But in the case of things like um, osteoporosis, you know, bone density, like, like people that stay out of the gym and don't do anything, and this is particularly women with osteoporosis, if they don't go in the gym or lift anything or do any weight or anything of resistance, their, their bones adjust to the load right so their but their body over time goes i don't need i don't need dense but bone you know because i'm not going to have to lift anything heavy so when they do snap you know you get that so often mm-hmm. like people that stay out of the sunshine you know because it burns you it's like actually you get vitamin d, d deficiency yeah. and you get the same thing with with muscles they can actually calcify so muscles can stay dormant or be unused to the point where the body turns them to bone because it feels like it's not needed. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So th- then they get rigid. And actually, you, there are some um, elderly people, and it's more common than you realise, where if, you, if an elderly person has a particularly... You hear that sometimes? Mm, no, mm, or mm. a particularly screwed up voice yep. when they're older. It is part of getting older, but chances are they never sang. Or they never used their voice in a kind of songed way or very loudly, because mm, mm, um, mm. those people have calcified vocal cords. And so singing itself directly offsets that problem. Mm. And so, yeah, if, that's quite extreme. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's interesting you say that about the other muscles in the body. It's good to make the relationship, isn't it? Because it's often easier. Yeah. But remembering that the muscles within the, the larynx work in the same way. And it's actually, you said about a study, there was a study um, by um, a, a guy, Professor Johnson, was it, was it you? Yes. <laughs> you did it all? Oh, I've done, yeah, I've done that PhD the other week. The other week? We just bashed it out and on, the, on the new computer, yeah. Yeah. Carry on. So, University yes, of Wisconsin. Yes, go on, yeah, the, the, like, the, the neuromuscular thing, is that what you're going to say? Go on. <laughs> I, know it, I know it anyway, but for <laughs> everyone else anyway. at home. <laughs> um, so, just, just, to, just in case anybody else doesn't know, obviously, because... Oh, I used you, to live in Wisconsin as well. Did you? Yeah, I Yeah, thought. did you not? I popped off tonight for a few, few months. So. Okay. <clears throat> the neuromuscular signaling breaks down as well. So, what that means is that the, if you're inactive, if muscles are inactive, the, the process between, for want of a better explanation, that firing them up, yeah, it, you just lose it. So it's from the brain to the muscle. Exactly. So and that was actually done on rats. That 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 study. And because apparently, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, who knows this stuff? But rats have got a very similar makeup to us in terms of I've heard that before. neuromuscular activity. Yeah. yeah. So and they they figured this out and they actually the the the, the way in which um, the way in which they did this was really interesting and and the the outcome was that as you just said to use the muscles more. All round is ju- with just it just brings benefit. Mm-hmm. So that is, I think, the underlying thing here for Eileen is that just to keep on working it in an efficient way and keep on using the muscles because all round is going to have the um, is going to have maximum benefit. Yeah, and it, and it may be harder to when she says hard about about achieving head voice. Mm. It might be harder, like you intimated before. It may be harder in the way that you had been doing it. Sure. 
But like you said earlier, things have changed. Actually, the vowel shapes, may, you may need more help with the vowel shape. It may be yeah, just a bit more extreme use of narrow vowels to get head voice working again um, in part of your regime. So yeah, it's not... It's not unachievable, it's just going to be a different approach. I think it's interesting what you said about that as well, about the, the, the cords thinning, which is, can be another, another um, result of, of ageing. And that's interesting because it's, it could be, I guess it could be a grey area. You've got this kind of mucosal increase um, in the coverage, but yet you may have the, the cords actually thinning themselves. Yeah, the muscles the muscles themselves are thinning. Yeah, but the outer layer mucosal is still too thick. So in chest, so in terms of pitches, in in the way in which you're using the voice in the lower in the lower notes, and that feeling of chest voice and the way we'd use our voice down there, we may just get stuck in it, like you just said. Mm. The feeling you may get stuck in that feeling because it's completely new. It's a completely new feeling. So with that, um, it's like your voice breaking. Exactly, it's like yeah. being a guy. Yeah. Like everything changes. It's like I can't use it the same anymore. It's just harder to get out of it. Yeah, and and it is, you know, it is that music mucosal layer that um, waves in the vibration of the vocal cords. So yeah, any change in that layer is a change in the fundamental way that your voice vibrates, and that that might not be as free as it used to be. Exactly Again, that. the stiffening of that layer. But you can't ignore as well, people, that the entire state of your body as you get older is going to affect the way your voice works. For sure. And, you know, age and health are obviously linked. You know, hand in hand. Other things to do with your diet. You might even just have... God knows what you could have, you know? Heart problems, mm. kidney problems, anything to do with the insides. It's just going to screw your energy levels and... Then voice is kind of off off the chart, and also and also if you if you look at you mentioned about reflux, one of the most common ailments of a of a singer is is reflux, right? Yeah. <laughs> and over time, if we are people that, especially in the US and the UK, that have lived with the Western diet all of our lives, the chance of us having reflux is very high. So reversing that, as you said, reversing diet will have an effect on the overall health of a person and vocal health. Yeah. So I think it's worth saying. Inflammation, I mean, if we're going into it, omega slapping in some omega threes every day, I don't know how many people do that, but it's such a such a powerful thing. Yeah. Getting the fish in, getting the oils in, getting the, oils the avocados. In. But getting a decent a decent omega that's one thing that again I think is missed a lot, is that people will pop down to um, we love to slag off supermarkets. I, I don't think anybody's really um, adjudicating us right now. Okay, so we can probably make stuff up. I would have thought so, Tesco, like Tesco, probably aren't the leaders in 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 quality fish oil. I'm just saying. I'm or, probably or, or or any supplements to be or honest. With you. Exactly. Yeah, and it's about the the um, the content within the capsule. I think again, it's not just about getting a official and going I've taken official today what what is in that little capsule mm. how much of the DHA and EPA is in there you know and uh, you can find someone like if you want us to we know some good places we know some good places get some good fish oil yeah. and you take it in a tablet by the way it sounds like you just down it from a cup but you can do that I know but that's disgusting and it smells doesn't it, it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> But also with, with those supplements, I mean, we, we, with this will come into the next question um, a bit more as well, but you, you kind of do get what you pay for with supplements. And if you see, if you see a good quality fish oil, which is great for information, as you said, um, at five pounds, 
It's probably not any good. Yeah. Like, great fish oils are about 20 quid, yeah. if not 30 quid. And, I, in, in, and you, you could almost say, I'm going to pay £20 to take some tablets in the morning. Depends what your priority is, doesn't it? Yeah, to protect your income and your voice. Exactly that. And it definitely th- works. These companies that, that, that create good fish oils and good, well, good supplements all around, is it, um, I don't know the one, but the one that keeps getting thrown around, is it Edo? E- e- EDO, EDO. Not sure. I don't know how you say it. But I mean, the ones I get are from Reflex. Yep. And um, and these guys, they have a passion in creating this stuff to help people. Whereas it's, some supermarkets might just be like, we know people are going to buy this stuff. Let's put it on our shelves. Yeah, they're just There's seeing a, a fad. Yeah. They're seeing a fitness fad yeah. and creating something more cost effective. But Which is fair enough for you know low incomes, but... Um, we, we need the good. We need the good stuff. Yeah, and I was that- going to say good, but I've already said it twice, haven't I? Just to link it on, keep going. <laughs> Just to link it <laughs> for this question, omega three has been shown to increase muscle protein synthesis in all areas, which means muscles recover, recover. better. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it would be one to look at for this. Awesome. Is that is that is that directly or because it reduces inflammation, which facilitates muscle protein synthesis? Both. Right. Cool. That's awesome. Double double hit. Double whammy. So yeah, moving on to that. Actually, this next one's kind of about recovery. We want to take another slant on it, don't we? Yeah. Um, is that uh, Erica? She's from Chicago. That's a dreadful accent. What was that? <laughs> that was George. That was no. That was Irish. Chicago. Uh, Erica, I I love, love, love your podcast. That was three times. She must really like it. With Um, six exclamation marks. Great. Uh, I was wondering if you guys have one on vocal health and repair. Um, I'm a general manager at a restaurant in Chicago, Illinois, and my voice is constantly strained. Any tips on recovery? We could talk about this. We could back and forth. We've just spoken about diet and uh, recovery. Recovery and diet are inexplicably linked, right? So you've just mentioned a whole bunch about inflammation in the body can be caused by a bad diet and stress. Stress is the word, isn't it? Yeah. Stress, Stress, physical stress, mental stress. So, so things like fish oils, anti-inflammatory things like manuka honey and lemon and all that jazz. Um, they can all help hydration. I know we're all big fans of sleep, right? Love sleep. How does that screw stuff up? Sleep is sleep is one of the things that I think people dismiss the most in life. There's an awesome TED talk on this. Sorry, can't remember his name. We'll put it on the uh, yeah. on the show notes. Yeah, please watch it. Please watch it because. This guy, he's, he's, he's so passionate about it. He's, he's a, <clears throat> I think he's a professor himself, and he's done a lot of research on it. But, but he's talking about the fact that what, you know, we spend all this half our life we spend sleeping, and so it, sh- it needs to be decent, you know. And and because of the way the world has changed, like most things in our lives, our priority has just. How many people do you know? It's just like, oh, I sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, you know, oh, I can get through on four. You know, I can. Yeah, it's like that's not impressive. No, no, <laughs> four, four hours a night. Yeah. Is is even though some people feel like that's the way it is and that's how their body works, like something inside them is not going well if they can only get down for four hours. The body changes and yeah, and will restrict stuff, will limit you just because it's trying to save. It's trying to save on power. Yeah, and, and you could be massively stressed. Right, you, you know, your body wakes up on wakes you up for a reason, doesn't it? Yep. 
sometimes because people don't eat enough and they're starving. You know, some some people are, um, uh, well, especially when you go to the gym, some people overtrain. Yep. And their body's just so stressed it cannot relax. Yeah, so sleep is... And it, then it, it just interrupts sleep. I, I can sp- I speak from first-hand experience on that. You know? <laughs> yeah, flipping around in bed. And it's literally because my body's going... Like, if it's been... The two things you just mentioned. Inflammation from working out too hard, which is unbelievably good to the gym, it is a stress. And then, secondly, because of that, trying to recover, my body's going, Wah! give me some fuel, because I haven't had any for six hours, you know? And then it would just be like, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. no... I, <laughs> this is time for sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so those things. But there's another quote, and again, we will stick it on the thing. It's from an, it, um, from a from another professor, and he used to, he, he kind of said, uh, "People, we've people lose." I can't remember the actual quote, but it's like people have forgotten what it's like to be um, to have a decent night's sleep. I think. Do you know, do you know I, I think. Mean? I think I read that in your article. Yeah, which is why I should remember it. Really. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. People have forgotten what it feels like to feel good. Yeah. It's almost like perpetual tiredness is the norm. Yeah. So everyone feels like that's the way it should be. Being a zombie is okay. Yeah. But you don't realise it because you're just in that state continually. I, 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 and when I read that quote that you put on there, actually, I remember thinking, I literally discovered that when I was 26. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I got smashed for my entire life. Not not when I was ten. I, my parents were responsible. <laughs> what an upbringing! They were responsible people. But but I remember, yeah, you know, like just and being a singer and being and smoking and getting drunk and and no sleep, crap diet. Mm. And then at some point, I decided that my body was a bit more precious than that. Exactly. And then started getting sleep, eating well, and then you realise suddenly in later life that God, I could feel, I can feel so awesome. Right now, I never want to go back to feeling like I used to. That's it, feeling awesome. Like, it's what for me. It's one of the worst feelings, aside from toothache. It's <laughs> being tired because you want to wake up in the morning going. <laughs> is the person removing your tooth worse than the toothache? The what? You know, the feeling of having your tooth actually being removed. I'd, I'd no, say no. I don't mind that actually. Don't you? No, I'm mean, cracking away in there. Yeah, you can't feel. You, all you, all, have you had it done before? What? Had a tooth out? Yeah, yeah. Wisdom. All you feel is like a crunching. But it, it sounds awful. It though, sounds awful, it? but it's fine. Yeah, sleep deprivation is worse than that for me. Cool. I'm glad we cleared that. No, I'm happy. Now. Sorry. Can we move on. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's alright, mate. Yeah. It's alright. We'll get over it, won't we? we... Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, waking up in the morning going let's go let's take it on let's go let's go crazy and um, that's what you want but the problem here with Erica sorry to say it's a problem but I guess working hours are going to be a problem going to be a problem here but you probably they're going to eat get, into that sleep. getting home at like one two o'clock in the morning is a problem but you know, you know I, I know we both when we chat about this it's a it's a consensus in that um, <clears throat> like the, the recovery is massively important but I guess we could probably start with how the speaking voice actually is. Yeah. And, you know, you're in a noisy environment, so it's obviously going to require you to be quite present with your sound, otherwise people ain't going to hear you. Um, and so if there, is, if there is some problems with the tone of the voice, where it sits, you know, how the harmonics balance, dark voices themselves, like voices that are a bit like down there and a bit lacking in energy, um, people push through those voices to get volume. Because there is none in the actual sound wave. So it's like, more air, gonna squeeze to get some extra um, 
extra power, yeah. yeah. And that is really tiring. We used to drive to gigs in a van, didn't we? Yeah. And my voice itself was in that spot for many years. Yeah, and equally, I mean, to add to that situation in the van that we're bored with each other, and you end up just speaking kind of monotone down there all the way, shouting through that because the van's loud. And there was a there was a cage, there's a cage separating the van, the cab, from the uh, the back of the van, which just rattles with a massive PA system. And when you drive five hours to Manchester, talking over that about Tosh, yeah. The, you get to the gig, your voice is wrecked. Yeah. Uh, isn't it, wasn't it? That's every time you every get time, to the gig, yeah. your voice is wrecked. And it did take a few times for us to go, we need to stop doing that. Yeah. Um, I, by the way, I'm, I'm glad that you just kind of accepted that we, that we are completely bored. <laughs> you actually said it. If you were fine, you were just like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wasn't bored. Right, you get bored. And then we start to, <laughs> then we start talking in different accents, don't we? Yeah. Like, like Northern Irish. Northern Irish, Irish one comes Brian Shees. Darren Tain. Tay Shiggers. <laughs> Do you remember when we, were, we were driving to Manchester, just on a tangent? Do you remember listening to Colin... Murray. Murray! Yeah. He's a, he's a Northern Irish... When he said... We, he was giving away a competition, he said... Um, How do you remember this? He said, we're giving away Tay Keller's tickets. Tay Keller's tickets. <laughs> <laughs> we probably spent about the next w- w- hour... Repeating <laughs> T Keller's tickets. <laughs> Between Keel and Manchester. That's how bored we got. But anyway. Anyway, sorry, Erica, back to your question. The point of that was is that my speaking voice, certainly, and I guess yours if, if it was rough, um, wasn't in a good place and hence speaking over that volume um, tired it out more so. Um, so looking at how your voice balances, also vocal fry. Like, lots mm. of Americans tend to speak in that because it's kind of cool. Mm. Um, but it's really inefficient and it's tiring. So is, what other sort of situations can you think where noisy environments and voices can, can suffer? Well, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, but I do think that basically that Erica just needs to go on a mission here to become the, the best speaking restaurant manager in the world. You know, actually got to have a strategy to, to make our speaking voice amazing. And um, because we do it in singing, don't we? You know, we, we tune vowels to optimise, to, to get the most acoustic energy out of each pitch. When we're speaking, we're on pitches, and I think sometimes we forget that. And so it really can be done in that chest voice, lower area of the voice. Yeah. And so it's just, just working on some things to optimise that part of a voice and get the most energy for the least work. <laughs> True. That's that's the that's the that, that is the that's the equation at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Is the if you can put energy back back in the voice, then the effort drops. So what would you use for that? Well, you, do you know what? Actually, actually, back in back in my early twenties, I went to the ENT. So I had I'd kind of first hand um, experience of what they might prescribe, okay. and then beyond that, you know, it's been reading and and you know training mm. as a singing teacher, but. Um, uh, for my voice, and I've certainly heard this from speech language therapists that that I've spoken to in the past, is that you know the voice exercises that give the voice the most zing and bring up the harmonics and the vocal cord closure to a to a good level are what are often prescribed in that situation by the doctors. That's things like that kind of thing um, as an exercise to get people sort of prepared for speaking. 
Um, they may have suffered nodules or voice loss or even reflux. And I guess that it's working towards... The, the, in chest voices, less chance of us um, screwing up our... Um, screwing up the larynx position and all those kind of things in chest. So by increasing core closure... Yeah. So using those kind of sounds, they're not going to have... There's less chance of them having a problem in chest voice using those kind of sounds, and we're just looking at optimal core closure with those sounds. I guess. Yeah, and yeah, the harmonic balance too. So, yeah. so that those those sound waves have greater energy. They travel. Mm. They cut above the noise okay. of a restaurant yeah, yeah. even more. Um, and uh, yeah, and obviously, you know, looking at the pitch of the speaking voice, everyone has an optimum pitch, yeah. and, and actually, most most people are too too far under that. You know, too too deep, too too lacking in it. And energy. how do you find it? Oh, do you know what? You can. There's quite a few ways of finding it. You can. This is a really weird one. If you apparently, if you hum through your range, I've read this before and tried it out. And kind of, kind of felt it. You can hum like a five tone scale, like. Mm-hmm. And if you plug your ears, the one that sounds the loudest, the one that buzzes the loudest in your head. Interesting. Is close to optimum pitch. They also say if you say like "uh oh," yeah, then then the the high the one that you come down to is yeah, all that kind of like mm-hmm, like yeah, that's like, it. Mm-hmm. Or uh uh-uh. uh. And the crazy thing is, it really does feel that we are too high. If you if you try this at home, try it yourself. You will feel that the high. You come out of it and and, and you try to speak and mm-hmm. Hello, it's. It, <laughs> it's, it feels and sounds ridiculous, but if that's where it is, it's where it is. That's where it is, and it's yeah. true. I mean, uh, um, by the way, the straw exercise by Ingo Tietze is a corker to, for that. It really helps someone find their optimum pitch, um, and helps them maintain it because the straw exercise, again, we'll put it on the show notes, Erica, um, helps to stretch and unpress the vocal cords and replace resonance into the right spot. Sure. You know, you can do that several times throughout the night and see if that actually gives you a bit more, a bit more um, stamina. Um, but yeah, talking about the speaking voice, funny you say that. You know, like uh, you and I and, and lots of other people would have had the revelation that I don't sound like this. Yep, I actually sound a bit camp. You know, mm-hmm. I have this voice up here. Since I since I recognise that, I've had the least vocal trouble ever. Absolutely. You know, I used to think in our four part harmony group. You know, it's like I want to be—I want to be the low guy. Well, you were on bass. Yeah, I want—I want to—I want to be that guy. Listen to my voice. You're a tenor. I'm—I'm I'm like a pixie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you say that. <laughs> I'm like a pixie. Yeah, true. And you know, the, the um, a tenor. You know, do you know what? Actually, in the singing world, if if you were a casting director in the West End, um, or in in a lot of actually amateur situations, the high tenor would be the least common of voices that you would be able to place. You know, you have this role for a high tenor, it's like, oh God, how are we going to find one? Right. In truth, they are the most That's genetically common, common sure. voice type, but the, but the problem is, is that no one is, no one is using it or mm. fulfilling that sort of genetic prophecy, if you like, are they? Exactly. So before we go on a rant, let's not go into the rant of, I'm a low singer, we've done that before on episode... Two. Two, yeah, I think so. Um, so for Erica, one last thing. We're talking about vowel tuning and, and the, the sounds we use in the upper register. In the lower voice, it's it's kind of shown that if we're producing what what can be said to be wider vowels, then they are normally the result of good 
the, the, the most acoustic energy in in, in bottom voice. In bottom voice. Right. So you know, ah, uh, those kind of things. Uh, uh-huh. If you're using those in your lower voice, that will start to develop and start to tune the voice into the right place for those pitches. Mm-hmm. So aside from that. You can try those things out, but if you really want to get going on, go and visit a speech language therapist. Yep, or an well, ENT who has that in their in their in their practice. Cool. Any other questions? Let us know if if we didn't quite answer that um, as you would like, or you want any more help? Let us know. Or buy a headset. Imagine that it could be like the first restaurant restaurateur walking around with a headset on, or a megaphone. So a little, little bit more. Is that going to ruin the sort of the mood, isn't it, of the place? <laughs> Imagine that on Valentine's night. <laughs> Four chicken. Yeah. Table six. Go. <laughs> oh. Right. What's are we done? Um, we are done. So uh, again, great questions, people. Um, we are open to anything you want to talk about. So please fire them off, um, and we'll uh, we'll put them in the in the box. <laughs> Will we? <laughs> yeah, like there's a physical box. Yeah, where is this? It's on a computer, hard drive, on your <laughs> lovely new computer. Exactly, that. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone, that was really awesome. Um, we have uh, a YouTube pick of the week, which we saw on, on Icing's uh, page um, just the other day, which is just, it's just a random jam session in the street. Cool. Some, some chap just starts playing guitar, I might add, really, really well. Um, people just jump in and get involved. Yeah. How people, beautiful is that? I, and I would love to be in that situation. Yeah. Just think that, oh, actually, the avenues are open for me to just start going, yeah. Yeah, for All right. Yeah. Okay. Why doesn't the world work that way? I know. But that, this happened in America, surprise, because people in America have a lot less hang-ups about doing that. In the UK, <laughs> people just go, ugh, and just walk off. This is awkward. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm, you know, I'm singing in public. It's, it's catastrophic. People can actually see me. Yeah. <laughs> and judge me. Yeah. Oh no. Right. Let's play it. Let's play it. Awesome, creating some magic in the street. Just people strolling, you've got to watch the video. Just, mm. just just, guys bowling up and saying, come on, let's do it. Come on, yeah, yeah. And the guy playing the guitar. You love his wrist, don't you? I love, I love the way he's creating that awesome kick drum on his wrist and, uh, and playing such awesome guitar. Love stuff like that. Mm. So cool. Raw talent. Um, so, yeah, go and check that out. That'll be in the show notes, which is uh, thenakedvocalist.com forward slash podcast forward slash one four. Episode 14. 14. I'll tell you what, episode 15 is going to be a cracker. Yeah. It's, we have, it's involving uh, some very special people, some lovely people with some great content and some things that will really help all the singers of the world. Mm. And that is Vocal Zone. If you've heard of Vocal Zone, they have legendary lozenges. Alliterative. Mm. Um, and they're awesome, to be fair. Those guys are really cool. The history of the company is really awesome. Yep. And uh, if you follow them on Twitter and Facebook, you see that... Like, Madonna retweeted them the other day. Madonna sat down to write a song with a bottle of champagne, some chockies, and some Vocal Zone. 
absolutely got, put that. She didn't. She didn't actually retweet them. Sorry, it was she put that on. They've got a great and tagged them. They've got a great, great following. But it, it's um, one of the things I do love about them as well is that they they really have a passion for the singing world and people in it. Like some of the stuff they're doing for for bands. Um, competitions they're running to sponsor some advertising and all this stuff that they're doing. They're literally, they're going around just like listening to bands. Um, George, the guy that heads up the company, he all he cares about is going to festivals and listening to music and listening to singers and meeting new singers. That's all he cares about, isn't it? And when people see him there, you know, the, the people at the festival see him and they're like, oh my God, Vocal Zone. Vocal Zone I love you. Some, yeah. guy, some guy bought his entire stock. <laughs> Some, I can't remember what band it was, a famous singer walks in and goes, oh my god, I haven't seen vocals in for years. Just walks in, buys everything, then someone like Jesse J comes up and goes, where's all the lozenges? Yeah, sorry, Axl Rose bought them all. like, what? It's just, it's and then just there's, hilarious. There's a story of Rihanna in Paris who, who kind of has done problems and they had to go and ship some out to, to, to her. Yeah. It's just uh, and it's, he, he, it's he does kick himself about not going personally, doesn't he? Yeah. Because that would have been a great trip. Yeah. He had the choice, didn't he? It was like, um, we can get some out on transit, and um, they're like, whatever it takes. And thinking about this as a multi-million pound company, um, Rihanna's, Rihanna's company, um, and George was like, no, it'd be the quickest way to get them by transit, yeah. when he could have just got a flight to Paris paid for. So, <laughs> and delivered them to her by hand. So, yeah. Um, he, he will learn from that. I think he has, yeah. yeah he was yeah. kicking himself a little bit. But yeah, so all that and more in episode 15 coming up in a couple of weeks time we will get back on track apologies for the for the slight inconsistency we are gutted about that aren't we because yeah. we, we when we started this we were like we're never going to be those people what that missed that missed their deadline yeah but we we, we are sorry we've been we've been abroad singing in spain and we've been um oh we've got an interview with scott allen coming up in a few weeks Gr- great songwriter so a lot of those things has put us behind a little bit so apologies but if you can ignore that when you give us a review on itunes and say just in fact don't even mention it yeah don't even mention the inconsistency just say in replace of that give us another star yeah so maybe say love these guys for being inconsistent <laughs> <laughs> it shows they're human Exactly. Doesn't it? Um, and the other thing that really helps our podcast is if you share it. So at the bottom of each page on the website, you, there's, there's a share on Facebook or Twitter. Um, it just helps people know about it. And, you know, the more people we can help out, that makes us feel really great. And I personally think that there's a lot of great stuff covered today in terms of the questions. There were awesome questions. And, and hopefully the summer stuff we've, we've said, will help. This, this could help, I think, a, a wide range of people. Yeah. In terms of... Um, we cover quite a lot. Well, even to speech. Exactly. And someone who doesn't actually sing for a job, so... Yeah, and that's what it's about, guys. That's what it's about. Share the love. So, uh, we'll see you for episode 15 with Vocalzone in a couple of weeks. Hopefully. The sun is shining in the UK at the moment. Enjoy that. Goodbye. <laughs>